ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ವಾಸುದೇವಾಯ ರೀಡಿಂಗ್ ಫ್ರಾಮ್ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ ಭಾಗವತಂ ಕ್ಯಾಂಟೋ ಫೈವ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಒನ್ ಟೆಕ್ಸ್ಟ್ ನಂಬರ್ ಟೂ ನೂನಕ್ತ ನೂನ ಮುಕ್ತ ಗೃಹೇಶು ಅಭಿನಿವೇಶ ಅಯಂ ಗೃಹೇಶ್ವಿನಿವೇಶೋಯಂ ತಾದೃಶಾಂಜರ್ಷಾ ಗೃಹೇಶ್ವಿನಿವೇಶೋಯಂ ಭಾಷಾ O greatest of the brahmanas gruheshu to family life abhiniveshaha excessive attachment ayam this pumsam of persons bhavitum to be arhati is possible Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada. Devotees are certainly liberated persons. Therefore, O greatest of the Brahmanas, they cannot possibly be absorbed in family affairs. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. <clears throat> in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, it is said that 
by executing devotional service to the Lord, one can understand the transcendental position of the living being and the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Supreme Personality of Godhead cannot be understood by any means except Bhakti. The Lord confirms this in Srimad Bhagavatam. Bhakta, bhaktyaham ekaya grahyaha Only by executing devotional service can one appreciate me. Similarly, in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna says, Bhaktyamam abhijanati. Simply by discharging devotional service, one can understand me. Thus, for a bhakta, to become attached to family affairs is impossible, since a bhakta and his associates are liberated. Everyone is searching after ananda or bliss, but in the material world there can never be any bliss. It is only possible in devotional service. Attachment for family affairs and devotional service are incompatible. Therefore, Maharaj Parikshit was somewhat surprised to hear that Maharaj Priyavrata was simultaneously attached to devotional service and to family life. Thus ends the Bhakti Vedanta purport. So we have begun this new canto and fifth canto with the first chapter, activities of Maharaj Priyavrata. And last verse we saw uh, Parikshit Maharaj speaking and expressing his uh, uh, astonishment, ex expressing his wonder that uh, because in the previous canto, fourth canto, last chapter, Shukadev Goswami brought up the briefly, uh, mentioned briefly about a king by name Maharaj Priyavrata, who was a great devotee, but and he had renounced uh, living in the forest, uh, absorbed in devotional service. But then later on, he became a grihastha, and he was ruling the kingdom, and he married twice and had many children about 10 or more than that, we'll see about that. And uh, he was involved in all of the family affairs. So this looks like an apparent contradiction. Somebody a great devotee, advanced devotee. And so Parikshit began in the previous verse, Priyavrato Rajo Vacha, Priyavrato Bhagavata Atma Ramaha Kathamune Griheshva Grihe Aramatha Yan Mulaha Karma Bhandhaparabhavaha Priyavrata is a Bhagavata Atma Ramaha completely self satisfied. And in the same way he is continuing in today's verse Nanunam Mukta Sangana. He must have been a mukta sangana, sangha, attachment to material things. Mukta sangana means free from all attachments, 
to material ideas, material things. Nanunam mukta sanghanam tadrishanam dvijarshabha dvijarshabha addressing Shukadev Goswami, the best of the Brahmanas. Uh, Shukadev Goswami, he must have been a mukta sangha. He must have been a very, very advanced devotee, liberated. Mukta Sanghana means liberated from the attachments of this material world. And Griheshva Bhiniveshoyam. And still he was interested. He was Abhiniveshaha, excessively attached, excessive attachment. So, for a person who is Mukta Sanghana, he can't be excessively attached to home and family affairs and all of things bhavitum na arhati pumsam bhavitum na arhati such a thing is not possible these two things are incompatible mukta sangha and griheshva bhiniveshaha these two are incompatible situations but we hear that about priyavrata how do we understand this so, uh, devotees are certainly liberated persons. Mukta Sangana. Therefore, O greatest of the Brahmanas, Dvijarshabha, they cannot possibly be Nabhavitum Arhati, absorbed in family affairs, Griheshu Abhiniveshaha. So, this is a very interesting uh, part of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, how Bhagavatam is... See, actually, it's very sad that Mayavadis don't take help and information from the Puranas. Uh, they consider Puranas are not very important uh, pramana for understanding Vedic knowledge. But actually, that's all. This is not true. The Puranas are actually great histories of the universe, of many many kings, of many many sages, of many devotees. And these great devotees, they lived by the principles of Vedic philosophy. They lived. They were fully aware of these of the Vedic philosophy. They were practicing examples, exemplars of Vedic philosophy. And so if you study their lives carefully, we will have a lot to learn. We will have a lot to learn about philosophical principles. Just like we are singing this special song that Srila Prabhupada wrote on board Jaladuta. Just imagine see Prabhupada's life alone for 35 days, traveling at that age, going in a, in a ship and enduring all kinds of seasickness, vomiting. Every morning we are hearing that how Prabhupada is recording, no appetite and in the midst of that heart attacks. Why is he doing this? Alone, he's not supported by money. He's just having few trunk loads of Bhagavatam. Why is he? His life is a demonstration of 
how one should be attached to following Guru's order. Guru's order is life and soul for a devotee. And Prabhupada's life is a demo. This many, many aspects of Prabhupada's life demonstrates many, many philosophical principles. And, and, and it's important that we remember this every year for 35 days during, because otherwise we will forget. Prabhupada went to America, it becomes just one statement. Actually, we must reflect on it year after year. The kind of travails that Srila Prabhupada endured to follow his Guru's order, to spread Krishna consciousness all over the world. Because Krishna consciousness is a very, very exalted, exalted philosophy, exalted idea. It cannot be just kept for a few people in India who are anyway mostly not interested in it. You see, anyone who is interested, this should be shared. This should benefit anybody. This was the thought. And that was the order he had received. And how to follow that order, how he is doing this. Because he's very he's a sannyasi, a no family, lonely, alone. Whoever remembers in the in the ship, the crew members, captain, he's meeting them and he's having friendly talk with them. Because he has no other uh, no other family members. He's a sannyasi. Such a striking example. We hear about Mukta Sanganam in the Vedic literatures. And here there is an example of a person living by that. You can see in his activities. It's so inspiring. In the same way, the Puranas are full of great devotees' examples which will inspire, which will help us understand different philosophical aspects. And another important aspect is about human life, human society. And in human society, there is the there is the, uh, uh, the family life is an aspect of it. And then here is an example of a great devotee who was also in a family situation. What is going on? How do we understand these things? This is what Bhagavatam is trying to point out, help us appreciate and understand. So, uh, these shades of meanings of philosophical truths mentioned in the Vedic literatures can be understood very nicely when we study the lives of great devotees who lived by those principles. And that's why the uh, Puranas are full of these kind of examples. And this whole chapter this, this describes a very, very important, very interesting perspective of devotional service. What is devotional service? How it is practiced? How it can be practiced under all circumstances? In all kinds of human situations, devotional service can be the most prominent thing in one's life. So these are great examples to study. But unfortunately the Mayavadis simply set aside these things because for some reason 
they cannot understand certain 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 examples that are given in the vedic literatures of because this is referring to a histories of great personalities devatas rishis or personalities in different parts of the universe about which we may not have an experience what kind of life situation exists there what kind of an environment exists there what kind of powers exist there among human be among people among living entities there may be very different from what we have ex- what we are experiencing here always shila prabhupad pointed this out what is our experience here as human beings we are so small and we are confined to this earth and we don't know the rest of the universe what the universe is like there are so many aspects of the universe which we don't know just being confined to one earth one human life and human experience we want to conclude about something else happening in some other part of the universe in higher planets lower planets all of these kind of things how can we be so sure about it to convey this vedic literatures give the example of the kupa munduka nyaya the logic of a frog in the well and very nicely prabhupada explained the frog lived in a well and his whole life he born he was born in the well he grew up as a, in the well and he became a mature adult frog in the well but his whole experience was that little well of 10 feet diameter or something and a frog came from the atlantic ocean and fell accidentally into the ocean into this well and then they started conversing and the and the fr- frog from the atlantic ocean said you know there is a big ocean lot of water so this frog whose experience was limited to the well he said oh big is it bigger than this well of mine he said no no what you what are you saying you can imagine a, a small well and the atlantic ocean how much then he started describing how deep and how vast and how much water all of those kind of things this little frog in the well with this whole experience of just merely the well in he started laughing and said what are you saying such a la big well cannot exist at all just see how the how interestingly shila prabhupad points this logic actually this is our experience our senses are limited our experiences are limited we are confined to one planet we don't know what the universe is so reading certain certain examples certain his incidents mentioned in the puranas which sometimes is not wave much like our experience our human experience what is our human like the frog in the well frog's experience so from another perspective we as human beings we know a well we know an atlantic ocean and we say yeah it's all these kind of things are possible so this is the uh, somehow the mayavadis and a few other kinds of followers in the vedic literatures they have not taken the benefit of the puranas so we have to be 
uh, and Srila Prabhupada presented these things. Pra Prabhupada presented logic, arguments, according to time, place and circumstance. He knew, Srila Prabhupada knew that in a modern society, people are all educated and they'll come up with these kind of questions and he had the logic of Kupam and Dukanyaya. I've heard another example. Once somebody called, went to Prabhupada and told about uh, Mahabharata and the battle of Kurukshetra that happened. Because in the Mahabharata, the battle of Kurukshetra, there is an extensive description of the armies on both sides. How many Akshohini, how many soldiers, how many horses, how many elephants, how many camels, how many you know, foot soldiers. There's a whole lot of description. And somebody did a calculation. And then I came up with a, some very, very fabulously big number. And then somebody went and did some calculation. If this many people have to be there assembled in one place, what must be the area of Kurukshetra? And if you have to put that many people there, and for 18 days they were there, and they were not fasting for 18 days, they all had to fight, right? So much food had to be made available to them, so much water has to be made. And I have heard this argument too. Some people went on to say, how many toilets should be there if this many people are there? You know, all kinds of crazy things. And then they said that, and then they, they were telling this to Prabhupada, I have heard so. That uh, so then how is it possible that so many people confined to that one small place like that? So Prabhupada heard that and he said, "Okay, maybe so, but let them pay attention to the philosophical discussion that happened on the battle of Kurukshetra, and if they can appreciate that, so why get caught up in all of these kind of things and miss the essence?" This is what happens sometimes. Sometimes people get caught up in arguments and analysis of something and may miss the essence. It's a very sad thing. That's why in the Bhagavatam also this principle mention, is mentioned and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also, Chaitanya Charitamrita mentions Bahu Shastre Bahu Vakya Chitta Brahmahaya If somebody becomes a bookworm reading too many Vedic literatures, one can chitta brahmahaya, bahu shastre, bahu vakye. Because there are many, many Vedic literatures and bahu vakye. There are many, many kinds of explanations. So many statements are there. Bahu shastre, bahu vakye, chitta brahmahaya. One will become bewildered. Sadhya sadhana shreshta nahaya nishchaya. Such a wonderful analysis is Chaitanya Charitamrita. If you read too many literatures like that, you will become bewildered. And Sadhya Sadhana Shreshta. What is the right sadhana? What is the right objective of sadhana? What is the goal of sadhana? Sadhya means the goal of sadhana. Sadhana means the spiritual practice. What is the goal? What is the spiritual practice? Nahayan is chaya. You will not be able to ascertain. You will be confused. Oh, this is there, that is there, this is there. So many things are there. Like we come across so many people talking to us in, in our country. This kundali has to be awakened, that has to be awakened, that has to be, this is to be done. All these are there in the Vedic literatures. 
But then, what is the conclusive thing? Where, where does all this go? So, so one can be lost. So, uh, Puranas are very, very helpful. And especially the Srimad Bhagavatam is an explanation, is the authorized explanation of the statements of Vedic literature. This is what Srila Prabhupada writes. Srimad Bhagavatam is the authorized explanation of the statements of the Vedic literature. So we cannot discredit great Puranas and the Srimad Bhagavatam. Sometimes they come up with another uh, theory. I've come, I've heard some from some people in our country that uh, yes, yes, Bhagavata and some the Puranas they are full of bhakti, but uh, Upanishads are different. No, people are not reading properly. They they are not guided properly. Just like the Shvetashvatara Upanishad, Prabhupada often cited, Yasya Deva Parabhaktiryata Devitata Guru Tasyaita Katita Yarta Prakashante Maha. See, this is talking about Parabhakti. It's not that only the Puranas are talk about Bhakti, Upanishads are a different thing. No. In fact, this Upanishad is defining. If you want to understand the imports of this Upanishad, you must have parabhakti to Guru and the Lord. Yasya deve parabhakti yata deve tata guru. It's talking about parabhakti. So these are all misreadings. In our country we come across lot of people, but it is sad that they are, they are misreading and misunderstanding the Vedic literature. So, uh, Maharaj Priyavrata's example and his Leela is going to shed light on different aspects of devotional service, spiritual practice, sadhana, and how that has to be practiced in a very practical human society. So, there is a lot to learn. And now let's go a little bit into the purport. These are great things that we should we should actually read, reread, reread, and reflect on Prabhupada's books. Otherwise, we'll miss the gems. We'll miss miss the treasury, treasure that is there in the in Prabhupada's purports. See the first first line of the purport. Prabhupada is writing, in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, it is said that by executing devotional service to the Lord, one can understand the transcendental position of the living being and the Supreme Personality of God. In other words, we are also in a, we, the living entity, is also in a transcendental position. Not only the Lord is Divya, not only the Lord is transcendental personality, each one of us are. Even, a, even the small ant, that ant, the living entity there, is a transcendental person. But currently its consciousness has become restricted and confined to a, human, to a certain body, just like we have become confined to a certain body. Our self-identity, our definition of ourselves, what do we all feel? I'm a human being. I'm a man. I'm a woman. 
I'm this many years old. This is how we all feel that way. It's actually a false thing. Just like in a drama, the man is dressed up, the actor is dressed up as a king and then he's thinking, I'm the king. Of course, when the lights are on and the curtain is open, he must behave like a king and do all those things. And after the lights are gone, the curtain, he must realize, I'm not the king. Now I have to collect my check, I must collect my fees for acting as a drama. What do you mean you were the king? You had all the treasures. Where is why, why do you want a check? Oh, no, please give me. That's reality, right? In the same way, we are into, we have got caught up into this big drama. I'm a human being. We have to be woken up, we have to be shaken up from this. We are in a transcendental position. We are not this body made of this material elements. That's why we give up this material body and go. And then the rest of the people, they'll maybe cry for some time and then, okay, let's dispose this body, turn it into ashes. Otherwise, what do we do with it? They'll dispose this body. We were, not, we were not the body, we are not the body, but we are thinking we are the body. We are actually in a transcendental position. We are a living entity and the living entity's position is... To, this understanding will come only when we practice devotional service. That's what Prabhupada is saying. By executing devotional service to the Lord, one can understand the transcendental position of the living being. Here you see, one can understand. This is not just confined to some intellectual understanding. It will be an understanding that will manifest in our life. Just like if you see an electric wire, open wire, sometimes, you know, it happens, construction site like that. You won't go and touch it. Let me just touch it. and You understand it's dangerous. If you have not understood it is dangerous, you'll go, let me touch it, let me feel it. If you have understood, you will, not, you will behave in a certain way. You will demonstrate your understanding in your behavior. You won't go and touch a live wire. In the same way, if we understand our transcendental position, we will not get attached to these material things. That's why it is called Mukta Sangha Naam. Mukta Sangha. We should not become attached to material things. That's why you see, when Arjuna asked this question to Krishna, what are the symptoms of a transcendentally situated person? Sthita Pragna. And the first symptom Krishna gives is Prajahati Yada Kaman Sarvan Kama Manogathan Sarvan Partha Manogathan. The first symptom is that he is not attached to material enjoyment. Prajahati Yada Kaman. He is given up pursuit of material desires. Atman Atmana Thushta Sthita Pragnasta Dhojyate Atman Atmana Thushta He has learnt the art of relishing pleasure within, internally. He is not looking for external pleasures. 
That is the symptom of a person who has understood that I am a transcendental being. Not only am I transcendental, in the same way Krishna's position is that he is in a transcendental position. So, then we can appreciate. Another verse, another point that Prabhupada has pointed out here, very nice verse. Bhaktyaham ekaya grahyaha. This is from the 11th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Bhaktyaham ekaya grahyaha. Lord, and Prabhupada's translation is, only by executing devotional service can one appreciate me. Bhaktyaham ekaya grahyaha. Grahyaha. Can we appreciate Krishna? What is Krishna's position? Why he is like this? What is he doing? He is doing, we hear about so many leelas. What, is the, what are these leelas about? In another place, there is another verse in the Bhagavatam. Uh, Eka bhaktya anubha, Eka bhaktya bhaktye anubhavitaha. Only by exclusive devotion, one can perceive anubhavitha meaning anubhava, to perceive. We cannot perceive the Lord by material senses, by a contaminated mind. It's a different approach. You need a certain kind of a training. Then we will be able to appreciate. Then we will be able to exp uh, perceive. It requires a certain spiritual training. So, <clears throat> once, and, and it requires bhakti, and when we practice bhakti, we understand our transcendental position, we understand the transcendental position of the Lord. Once we understand the transcendental position of the Lord and ourselves, our behavior will be different. We will not be seeking material pleasures of this world, either gross or subtle. Our whole behavior will be different. And hence, Priyavratha, whom we have heard that he is a Bhagavata, he is a Atma Rama, he is a Mukta Sangha, and he was Grihe Abhiniveshaha. How do we understand this Bharata Rishabha, Dvija Rishabha? How do we understand this one, greatest of the Brahmanas, Shukadev Goswami? Can you please explain this? You see, there's such an important discussion that is going on, such an important discussion that's going to unfold. And that's why Prabhupada says, attachment for family affairs and devotional service are incompatible. Mukta Sangha and Griheshu Abhiniveshaha are incompatible. But in Priyavrata Maharaj, both were present. You just mentioned how do we understand this? It's such an important question, a very profound question. And we will see how Shukadev Goswami is going to answer this. So these are uh, very important aspects and how 
for a bhakta to become attached to family affairs is impossible since a bhakta and his associates are liberated. Bhakti means, bhakti is the means for liberation. And liberation means understanding our transcendental position. We are not the body. Gunan etan atitya trim dehi dehasamud bhavan janma mrutyu jara dukhair vimukto amrutamashnute. This is Krishna's statement that how one can become transcendental to the three modes of material nature. And when in that situation, one will, be, one will not be disturbed by the miseries of birth, old age and death. This is, the, this is actually a big issue. Miseries of this material world. And we will not be disturbed by these things. Sometimes people complain, Oh, God has put us in this material world. He has put us all. We have to go through all this suffering. What kind of a cruel God he is. No, God has also given a formula where you will be undisturbed even in the presence of all these miseries if you follow his instruction. Gunanetanatityatrin Actually, human life is meant for coming to the transcendental position. That should be our daily aspiration, daily meditation. Krishna, I must come to that stage, the stage that you are talking about in the Vedic literatures, the stage that you are talking about in the Bhagavad Gita. I must come to that, come to experience that. It's not that we are just an academic organization. We'll be discussing way Bhagavad Gita in this way, that way, and this different Bhashya and all those. No. We are meant to be practitioners of the Bhagavad Gita philosophy. We are meant to experience all those stages and development of consciousness. The journey of spiritual life that Krishna talks about. We are expected to traverse and achieve and experience those states. We are not just dry philosophers appreciating intellectually, appreciating this and that. That's not what we are meant for. Just like you see, if I, if I describe to you a nice feast. Oh, samosas are there, kachoris, most wonderful kachoris, sweet, jamun, everything. And then all that is there for all of you now, after the end of this class, you, you, there is a big feast that is served, going to be, I describe all those things, and then thank you very much, all of you can go home now. No, what about the feast you described? No, that feast was for, meant for description. It is meant to describe how nice, look, nice feast was there. No, a feast is meant for eating and enjoying it. In the same way when Krishna was describing the Bhagavad Gita, he was not describing a nice thing so that you can all, and then you go home and suffer what you have to do. That's all, what is it? life is like that. No, he wanted us to experience it. In the same way, this is meant for anubhavite. Anubhava for our perception, for experiencing it. And that's what an Acharya like Srila all our Acharyas want, to, want us to experience that. It's not just for some intellectual appreciation. So we must aspire to, because we are going to get old, we are going to get disease, we are going to die. What is that experience going to be? And here Krishna is pr promising, 
ट्रांसेंडेंटलिंग so we must have full faith in the words of the shastra in the words of krishna and the acharyas and practice this and come to experience all of this so there are many many nuances many many aspects of this whole practice and bhagavatam is gradually sharing all of that to so that we have a better and complete understanding of this process of devotional service विल स्टॉप हियर ग्रंथराज श्रीमद भागवतम की शीला प्रभुपाद की जय